You're listening to Rabbit Trails. Well, episode one, Dad. Episode one of Rabbit, Rabbit Trails. Trails. I'm yeah. pretty excited to do this with you. I'm a little bit concerned. Why? Because <laughs> I'm such a focused person. I don't think I could rabbit trail, you know? Mm. I never I never go off the topic. We might be really, really, really true to our name. <laughs> yeah, Rabbit Trails. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm very excited to be yeah, doing this. I've been looking forward to it. So, yeah, I'm really excited about just uh, chatting about some things and inviting people in to our conversations. Uh, what's on the forefront of everyone's minds right now? In South Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's green and gold. It's green and gold, It's baby. green and gold. The, the cup came home. Came home for the fourth time. Yeah. The Rugby World Cup. The Springboks won the Rugby World Cup. Not without its... Uh, it's controversies. Uh, it has probably generated more memes <laughs> than anything in the last oh, um, yeah. in the last year. I mean, it's just, the memes. The are whole gone country great. is a street party right now. It yeah. is beautiful to see. It's yeah. really lovely. Um, personally, not yeah. really a rugby girl. <laughs> yeah, well, I've never been really big into rugby. In fact, um, <laughs> one of my pastoral friends once accused me of not really being saved. <laughs> Uh, because I, I didn't watch a rugby game on, on Sunday. But um, every four years when the World Cup comes around, um, I get into the rugby. Yeah. And there was no exception this time. Even more so, I think, this time. Yeah. Just because, <clears throat> yeah, it was so exciting. Now, I mean, you can probably speak to why rugby is so, so special to South Africans. More than because I think it came from 95, which was... Yeah, I, re- I was born. I remember that '95 game, that final, that final kick when um, we won the game, and um, we were the world champions. But um, <clears throat> there was this, you know, there was so much tension in the country at the time. I did some research into it. Apparently, we were on the brink of civil war at that point. Well, I mean, it felt like it at, at times, and definitely <clears throat> the violence in parts of the country was just extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, but In um, case people are missing historical context, it was about a year after apartheid ended, so a very yeah. divided, divided country at the time. It was amazing because I, I remember at that time um, conversations with certain friends and certain people I knew um, in the white community, they were terrified. They, they thought that you know, black government would mean that um, you know whites would be slaughtered in, the, in their beds, etc., etc. And uh, so many people were like, "Oh, we're leaving, we're leaving, hey, eh? we're leaving." And then <clears throat> Mandela had been demonised um, in the press and the media for so many decades that. That he was like a terrorist to a lot of people, but when he walked onto that field at the end of the World Cup, wearing that number six jersey of our Springbok captain Francois, uh, no, was it Francois? Francois Pina. Francois Pina at the time, and um, he walked on like that, and that was the moment where I heard some of those same people going from, "He's a terrorist! He's a terrorist!" to Oh, he's a great man, and he's a great man, and and it was amazing because he recognised the power of sport to build mm. nations, and there, you know, there are these iconic moments in history where if you seize them, um, you can change perceptions and a mindset. 
I find that, so, I find that amazing. Yeah, yeah. I find, I find it, it so interesting to to kind of look at what he did. Mandela is one of my greatest heroes. Like I look at people who have headed um, revolutions, and yeah, I just I've I've got such respect for for Nelson Mandela and what he did, what he managed to accomplish. I think he's a great, great man. But one of the things that I found so interesting about like, kind of into the history of that rugby game is he came up with this like crazy dream mm. because he he didn't put himself on one side or the other side because it was so divided he actually took like a point of contention and he put himself like right in the middle mm. he he went and he he stood as Nelson Mandela and he put on a springbok jersey mm. and by doing which he actually it was a risky dream because either it's going to unify the nation and they're going to see this um, a freedom fighter wearing a Springbok jersey. Either your freedom fighters are going to get really angry and leave mm. or your um, people who had up until that point been the oppressors were going to dip as well, you know? Well, I mean, there was more than that because at the time there was a massive debate over changing the name of the South African rugby team. So there was, uh, there was like a lot of people who were really pushing for the renaming of the South African rugby team. And, you know, the, it was actually, they were talking about calling them, you know, like our uh, cricket side, the Proteus, you know. But Springbok rugby was such, it was an icon mm. in the hearts of white South Africans at that, uh, at that time. Um, but for black South Africans, the, the Springbok emblem was a symbol of oppression and division because they had been told that they could never wear that jersey. They could not represent their country yeah. wearing that jersey. So for, for um, Mandela to put that jersey on mm. was such an act of um, reconciliation and such an act of reaching out to the people who had put him in prison. Yeah. Um, literally, it was like that. The, the people who had kept him in prison for 28 years, he took that jersey mm. and he put it on. And like that was an act, I believe, just of incredible greatness, amazing leadership, outstanding humility. But, but more than anything, it was an act of vision. Mm. Of where, where you are, of what uh, he of what he reimagined in in Mandela putting on the jersey, he recontextualized the green and gold and the Springboks forever, for everyone. And I remember even in that in that game, um, you know the the team was largely white. Um, the the people supporting it, the crowds were largely white. Um, and, but he dreamed about a day when that would not be the case. Mm. And this, this game, he would have loved to have seen it. I wish I, I, I seen think, it. I think he would have just, I think this game, he would have seen the fruition of that seed of that he crazy showed. dream yeah, of like, exactly. hey, what if I stick myself? Because, I mean, you know, in a sense, he had every right to pick a side. Mandela, you know, Absolutely. in a sense, like, you know, he had every right to pick a side, but he, he chose to dream about unity mm. in a divided country and he chose a crazy dream. And I just think like, I think for South Africans, what rugby represents is that dream of yeah. unity. And he, ha he went to, um, the rugby captain and he, and he said he wanted to unite the country. He understood the, the importance of sport 
to unify a country. And they played under well, the... Well, particularly in this country. Yes. Sport is... <clears throat> I mean, being a pastor, <laughs> I've often <laughs> joked that the main religious services happen on Saturdays in our country. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and, you know, often in, during the World Cup, people only come to church to pray for the Springboks. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not wrong. Um, but I think what's interesting is, like, he, he saw this, and he united the country with the slogan. At that World Cup, it was one country, one team, or one team, one country. Yeah. That's what they played with. And um, in that moment, like you said, it was like only a year after, um, you know, the South Africa got its freedom. Um, the first democratically elected government, yeah. yeah. It was only a year into, into South Africa as she is. And um, he had this dream for unity. And then because of that, and then when we won, we won together. Mm. You know, like we won as South Africa as one team, one yeah. country. And Mandela was there as they lifted the trophy. Yeah. And there's a moment where, they, where, where he said, um, I think it's actually in the Invictus movie, where yeah. they say, like, listen, we've got a couple minutes left. And then, oh, I'm actually getting a little choked up. He said, listen, listen to your country. Listen to them sing. I actually really am getting choked up. Um, and he said, listen. And there was the crowd, like, singing. <laughs> I might have to edit this out. <laughs> yeah, no. I might actually have to edit this out. No, no, maybe we'll leave it in. We'll let it be authentic. But they were singing Shorsha Loza. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, honestly, it was, it was a beautiful moment. And um, it, it's interesting because I see, I, it's interesting because every president since Mandela has tried to recreate the, the Madiba magic, you know? Mm. So, <laughs> the um, Madiba magic. Now that we've won <coughs> four times. Woo! <laughs> um, but we, we've we've seen each president since then walk on to try and recreate that mm. that Mediba magic, and um, no one with varied I, levels of success. With varied <laughs> levels of success, because I mean, in, in all honesty, um, there's no there, one going to Yeah, there will. I mean, I, you know, you don't want to say there will never be another Mediba, but I mean, I, I, I mean, we need another Mediba, <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think it showed this thing of, hey, but if we, we work together, got, but, we can win. But, you know, I do see that there's another leader. Um, I see in Sia Colisi. Yeah. I see a man who he might not have the Madiba magic, but, um, you know, I don't know, maybe he's got the Colisi magic. Or I'm telling you. Well, Khaleesi he actually anointing. said, he, one it's of the things that in his kind of little speech that he gave when he when he won he said you know it's such a privilege to put this jer jersey on he says and also i'm putting it on for all the kids that were previously told they could never wear this jersey yeah, yeah. and i'm putting it on and he's captaining our team you know and just the most remarkable man and he's still carrying that dream so in in 95 the slogan was you know one oh, i'm gonna one one of these orders <laughs> one team one country one country mm. one team and it represented if we can win together that mm. was it. and that's the kind of i think what we carried in our hearts with rugby mm. is we can win together and then the slogan of our our current rugby team is stronger together stronger that, together but, but the interesting thing is stronger together came out um people started saying it after we won our last world cup and it wasn't a f an official slogan, but I think the last World Cup, when we won as a team with Sia Colisi um, leading Captaining. us, because that, that was a big moment as well, mm. when um, we won mm. with um, the first ever black South African captain. Mm. And that was a big thing. It was a big moment mm. that not only could 
um, a black South African wear the jersey, mm. but he led the team. Yeah. And that was really powerful. And then that slogan began to be spoken about at a time when, because of many of the challenges, both political and economic in our, uh, in our nation, um, there's, there's been a lot of division. And a lot of people have been stressed about stuff. Um, and then there was that uh, moment where they, be- they won it and they began speaking about, uh, about this, the yeah. better together. Yeah. And now it's become an official slogan yeah. and philosophy. Yeah. If, you listen to, if you listen to Russia Erasmus, mm. it's actually they've sat down and talked about this. What it means. That who they are as a team represents an opportunity to carry the hopes and the dreams of South Africa mm. um, onto the field and mm. win for the nation. So I think like when you hear your South African friends like going nuts about rugby, I'd say there's a there's a large majority of us that actually don't even know the game very well. Like me, I kind of know well, enough no, to get by. No, Listen, there's a large majority. Not no. a large majority, but there's definitely there's some of, of us people. that watch rugby every four years. Right. <laughs> you know, there definitely is. But I think it, if you see your South African friends getting emotional about rugby um, and you see them saying it's not just rugby to us, like this is why. Yeah. It's because it represents hope for the nation. It represents Mandela's dream for us as well and I yeah. think that what I what I really love about yeah. about uh, World Cup time is that people embrace the this is us yeah. and people are proud of South Africa and they actually for a change speaking life yeah. over our country yeah. that's something that. like we, we need to be if we're going to see change we need to speak change and if we're going to it's such a nation building time because people are going like this is our country I'm so proud of us we're amazing we're stronger together and for the couple of weeks I, I saw it as like it's like there's this veil that's pulled back and everyone takes takes a minute and, they, and it's like you get to see who South Africa was made to be God's God's plan for South Africa mm. you see it over the World Cup I don't know like somehow some way um, they there's this that we are the rainbow nation we are working together everyone loves everyone because we embracing each other and saying we're stronger together and we can win if we do this thing together and you know I mean this for me prophetically there's so many prophetic stories in this World Cup run um, you know and <coughs> at the risk of like uh, fanboying too much with Sia <laughs> Khaleesi um, but Sia but Sia Sia if I look at him, where he's come from, his mm. personal story, yeah. um, he has overcome so much mm. to be where he is that he is, a, he is an inspiration to not just individuals in our nation to say, hey, look what can happen mm. no matter where you come from, no matter how hard your background. But also it's, an, it's a story for us as a nation yeah. that listen... You know, we are we are a nation that has overcome a great, great deal. deal. To get here, we've uh, we've already come such a long way. Mm. But then you can even take that story into the World Cup, mm. where like we won our last three matches by one point. Yeah, we had the toughest pool to get through. Yeah, and uh, and and you know, for all the naysayers out there, you know, saying, you know, we didn't deserve to win this, that, and that. And my, I would just say. But we did. <laughs> yeah. But we did. Maybe, maybe the lesson in that is like that. Sometimes um, it's not the person who deserves to win who wins, but it's the one who just keeps on plugging at yeah. it. And also, uh, the one who 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 is humble 
and prays and asks for the grace of God. And I've got to admit, for me, when I look at that, we overcame. Yeah. We overcame. And then, so I look at our nation right now, and I just, I believe we can overcome. I mean, I I, I love the English match. The English match, in in some some ways for me, it was like we were down Mm. until the 77th minute. 77 minutes. We were losing. For 77 minutes, we were winning for three. Yeah. But it was the crucial three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the crucial three. Yeah. It you, was the last three. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And that's, you know, that's, I think that's a message for hope. Maybe even for some of our listeners right now, you might feel like you've been losing mm. for 77 minutes of mm. your life. But it's the crucial three is coming right now. And this is the time that God's yeah. going to turn it around. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking about, um, Dad, was while it was all going on, yo, man, the whole country was praying. I'll tell you one yeah. thing. If you had any ounce of faith anywhere, you were praying. I mean, my social media was full of people praying. We had people, South Africans all over the world, like even six hours before the game, they were on their knees praying. <laughs> I mean, I had, I've seen videos and also not to mention the team themselves, many of which are strong, incredible Christians. They're praying before yeah, the matches, yeah. their wives, their kids. People were praying, 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 but there was this buzz in the in the air, and I I, I started saying to the Lord, Lord, uh, what are you saying in this? Because I'm I'm not really a rugby girl, and this is going even beyond what I know this means to the country. Oh. And I asked the Lord, I said, What are you saying? Because I feel like you're trying to talk to me. What are you saying? And He started talking to me about building a cathedral. Yes, I remember you you shared this. Yeah, and um. It was this thing of, he said, you know, Jess, um, when you build a cathedral, you, the people that build the cathedral, they never see it finished. The people that start. Cathedral built with some people that had a dream, they had a goal. We're talking about, obviously, those cathedrals in in Europe, in the Middle Ages, yes. where um, some of those cathedrals literally took three generations to complete exactly and so like the person who started it would have a dream that one day their grandchildren would worship in this place yeah and i started thinking about nation building obviously it was on everyone's mind over the last couple weeks and i started thinking about so often we think of like turning the nation around and in the next election cycle like in the next two years the next four years but i started thinking like if we really want to see real change um and lasting change, sustainable change. We have to start thinking about it like we're building a cathedral that actually, like me, say say for me, that I have to first feel like I'm called to this nation, yeah. that I'm called here, and then be like, okay, this is a 120-year vision, yeah. and I'm going to build this place, and I will probably never see the fruit or like never be able to see the end product, but maybe one day my grandchildren will be able to worship in this place. And there's this thing of when, you, when you're building there and you build like that, you actually have to stay for the long dream. And you, you, pour, you pour in to the country to your own um, almost like cost. cost deficit yeah. almost your own like you actually give something you serve well, your country sacrifice. you sacrifice for a greater benefit later down yeah. and i just had this thing of like how often have i had like one foot in the country and the other on a foreign passport and being like the minute this country is not serving me i'm out 
and everything about it is like well i need this country to get better so that i can get a better salary so that my this is what it looks and it's actually all about how my country is serving me but actually to flip that round be like no i actually need to if i'm called to this because obviously there are people called to other nations and called to different places but i just feel like there's yeah. a space where we need to pray and ask I, the lord is this my cathedral to build i i love that i i i had a very interesting discussion uh, last night with my friend um with my friend ed and um i was chatting to edgar the other uh, last night and i was talking about this concept and how you shared that and um i said you know i've often thought you know um Uh, of emigrating or where would I emigrate and he he said where would you go and I said well that's the thing isn't it it's just different sets of problems mm. we've got our problems but uh, Europe and the US and um everywhere else in the world have their their issues and their challenges mm. and he said you know that's the thing Nigel you sh- you should never move um because you moving um because you think it's going to be better you should move because it's a sense of calling yeah that you know you are called mm. uh to a different part of the world and your mm. or your family mm. is called and i think that's very true and it's mm. very true also i mean i know for me um i looking back now i recognize i have been called i was called to south africa mm. Um you know, God used a beautiful woman to keep me in South Africa <laughs> your mother Shout you out know? mom <laughs> and uh, and at that stage I thought I would definitely go live in the nation of France and I I know that I have a destiny that is tied to France but whether or not I'll live there I don't know Yeah 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 I I kind of then I I suppose I'd also thinking about it for 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 my life and I thought please excuse the motorbike in the background guys It's wild great fun. Yeah, he's really enjoying the podcast. Anyway, but I thought about my life and I actually asked the Lord. I said, "Lord, you know, I will go wherever I will go wherever you want me to go, but I ask you for South Africa. I ask to stay here." Um and I had this thing of like, "Well, are we asking for the nations that were planted and are we asking mm. for them? Are we praying for them or interceding for them?" And also I was thinking about, "Okay, well, what does it look like then for me if I stay here and I pour my life into this country, you know, and like can you get a better salary overseas possibly? Are there better opportunities possibly? But what if I used, took my skills that I might get less of a salary for in South Africa, but I reinvest them into this nation, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I invested and I'm like I'm here to serve you. And I think the thing is is you need to you need to have enough people that are going to dream like Mandela did yeah. for unity and his dream using sports was innovative. People with with big innovative crazy dreams that are backed by God and then people that'll actually love the your country enough to fight for her. Yeah. You know to fight for her. You need people that are actually going to stick it out. Yeah, and I think the people that built cathedrals that that first generation they dug the foundations. Like they were in the dirt. They were not painting the ceilings, you know, putting the final touches on. They were they were literally in the mud and the rain and the dirt and but they had a vision for a couple of generations. Cutting on. stones. Yeah. Yeah. Doing the hard things. I think, you know, I I loved I, we were chatting this morning and you mentioned three qualities that you think we need to go after and I think I think at times like this those three qualities of of vision, mm. sacrifice, mm. 
and persevere and perseverance you know mm. and i think those are kingdom values i think those are mm. kingdom values that that we need to go after that that we dare to dream yeah. a better future for our country for our children and, and you know our what? grandchildren yeah. you know and i think that actually so for me in my kind of phase of life a lot of my friends are like getting married and thinking of starting families etc so you you kind of the conversations are like well where do you want to go what are you going to do like what mm. what what do you want for your family you know and i began to think about it and there's a lot of things like oh you know where do you want your children to grow up and honestly i want and i i will go where god sends me i want my children to grow up in south africa because there's something about i look at i look at places where it's seemingly easier mm. you know where where people have quote on like little a better life mm-hmm. you know and i look at what people are like broken over crying over yeah. are stumbled by and i look at these things and i'm like bruh we've got bigger fish to fry here you know what yeah, i'm saying yeah. and i actually i think there's value in taking your children and letting them grow up in a place that needs to be built because yeah. then you you raise visionaries builders with perseverance and grit with people that aren't going to stumble over someone saying something get offended and and go crying to their government somewhere it's like no okay we'll pick yourself up put the pick back in your hand carry on digging and i want to raise fighters and visionaries that are going to go out and, and make a, a better place yeah you know? yeah that sounds awesome and that have a, a beautiful vision like we do to to do yeah. that yeah well um i think that's that's definitely the takeaway from um this th- things happening uh, this week in South Africa. Yeah. And uh, we've got a taste of how privileged they were to live here. Yep. Mm. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We hope that episode. you will enjoy these a- and listen. Um subscribe to the podcast, send us um feedback. We love mm. to hear your feedback. If you're South uh, African, tell us how you experienced the the last couple of weeks. Even yeah. if you're not South African. And yeah. you can you can find um our podcast on all the different podcast streams but to send us feedback um why don't you just send us an email on info, info at noordinarylife.co.za no yes. info at noordinarylife.co.za see you next time for our next rabbit trail yeah